Hey guys, so this week on So What Else, we have Kate Doyle. She's back for the third time. So she was on episode nine, where she shared the story of her adoption of her daughter. And then she was on episode 28, which was our Daisy Jones book chat. So if you didn't catch those episodes, definitely go back and give a listen so you can get to know Kate a little bit. But Kate recently just got certified as an Enneagram coach. So you've definitely heard me talk about the Enneagram on this podcast on other episodes. In short, It's a personality typing system, but we get way deeper into it. Kate talks about the nine different types, how they interact with one another, ways that you can grow, and honestly, just how the Enneagram and the knowledge of it can transform your life and help you understand yourself better, understand the people around you better, and just be better. And it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. She had beautiful, wonderful things to say, and I know that you are going to love it. Whether you've never heard of the Enneagram before or whether you do have knowledge of it, you will absolutely get something out of this episode. So stay tuned. Kate Doyle, welcome back to So What Else? Hello, thank you for having me back again. Yes, okay. Kate Doyle was on episode nine when you came on and talked about your adoption story with your daughter. Mm -hmm. And then you're on episode 28 which was Daisy Jones. That was so much fun. The book chat. We got to do another one. Beyond. Yes, we do have to. I've been slacking on that. I really need to organize that. But it's fun because we're in person right now. I know. I love it. We were in person for Daisy Jones, but it was literally what me, you, Lauren, and Dustin gathered Mm -hmm. around one microphone. Yep. But we've leveled up. Oh yeah. I walked in and I feel like very official We're sitting in like leather armchairs. We each have our own mic. (laughs) And our producer, Matt, is sitting over there. And I have a blanket. Like, I'm even cozy. Well, that's that's also because it's freezing down here. I don't know what the heat issue is in the basement, but it's, it's all fine. Good. It's, it's fine. all good. Don't you feel like all houses, it's like, blah, 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 room gets really hot and mm-hmm. such and such room is freezing. I, whatever. It's just a thing. Yeah. No, I noticed that this morning I got up and my room is frigid. Mm. I go downstairs and I immediately start sweating. So yeah. I don't know what the deal is, but- It's universal, I think. It is. I think it's just a problem that cannot be solved, apparently. (laughs) It's all good. But are you sick of me yet? Because we just spent a whole weekend together. Uh, No, not at all. The weekend was so good. I feel like, I don't know, we don't get to hang out a lot outside of maybe a play date or doing this recording podcast episode. So (laughs) (laughs) the weekend was fun. We just got to be us. Like not moms, not, you know, it was so honestly, I said like, it was my second girls weekend ever, I think. Mm -hmm. And my first one was with my mom and my sisters. So like, yes, it counts. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that this was like six girls, we like all left our husbands with our children, Mm -hmm. like, and we went to celebrate Susie's Birth, 12,000 birthdays. All her birthdays. All her birthdays. (laughs) So my cousin Susie, everybody was on episode two called glory days. So she has gotten like terrible things have happened on her birthday the last four years in a row. Mm -hmm. Like, like actually like family members have died, like COVID, she birthed a baby two weeks before one of her- storm in there somewhere? Truly, it's like almost become a joke. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, something bad's going to happen because it's Susie's birthday again. Like all things. So finally, her wonderful husband was able to like pull it off and plan a really fun girls weekend. Mm -hmm. We all went out to Long Island. We slept over- yeah, we ate lots of food. Just, I mean, when I tried to tell Dustin about the the 24 hours where I was away, right. it was just like, I kept saying, and we were just talking. Mm-hmm. And then we went here and we talked. We just talked. And then we went here and we ate and talked. And he was like, you guys, 
just talked. I'm right. Like, yeah, pretty much. And it was so much fun. Totally. We laughed a lot. Like, I said talked that and laughed. Yeah. I was trying. I was trying to retell things that were funny. <laughs> and he was just giving me the stare like, I'm happy for you that you thought that was funny. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm bad at relaying stories generally anyway. So then, yes, me trying to tell Dustin the one-liners that had us cracking up like the whole time. He's just like, he was very, he was very sweet about it. He did laugh, but I was like, I know it doesn't hit the same. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't translate, hit the same, but I'm bad at doing that, but had to be there. You had yeah, to be there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was fun. It was so good. Um, one little quick blip too. It, this is funny. I have one of my kids at home today. He like just didn't sleep all last night. So I'd let him rest. But, um, he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, I, I have to go record a, a podcast episode. Uh. And he was like, Oh, Jace's mom. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what's it called? So as I was leaving, he was looking up your show Don't and he found it. my episode and I'm like, I oh wonder if he'll actually gosh. make it through the whole thing. There's so many things I love about that story. <laughs> A, Jace's mom. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And two, I hope he listens. I hope he likes it. I know. He's, he was started as I headed out the door. So I'll let you know. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I actually kept a secret from you the whole weekend because I wanted to tell you here on the air and hopefully you have a good reaction. Okay. So a little bird told me that you're a fan of dancing with the stars i am are you really <laughs> yeah i'm a large fan wait we've never talked about i don't this. know why we've never talked about this yeah no i'm a big fan and i've been it's been hard this season is the first one where i've had trouble keeping up okay with episodes this one i've actually been really good about oh. and guess what i just did what? on friday or thursday i bought tickets to dancing with the stars tour what i'm going with my <laughs> Am I a loser? Oh my God. No. But I'm so excited. I am so excited. Matt's probably like, yeah, I just saw the Venmo request you sent me for Emily's ticket. That is so much fun. I'm beyond excited. I can't imagine what a show is like. I, I don't know. I'm kind of geeking out for you right now. I'm like <laughs> giddy. When I told Lauren, like she was like, I don't care at all about Dancing with the mm -hmm. Stars. So I'm happy for you, but whatever. She was like, yeah. but Kate would care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I care. And actually, I, I think I've been the only one that I knew that was into the show. So this is great that now I know I have a buddy. Who are you rooting for this season? Oh, this season. It's really... So... I'm having trouble with this season picking someone because they all have dance experience. I'm annoyed at Me that. Too. Me so, too. um, who's it? Iman. Yeah. And what's his partner's name? Um, I can't remember. Daniela. Is I, that right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So I would like to see them win because I mean Because he has he's a basketball player. Yeah. No so dance he experience. literally has no experience, but they're also they're very entertaining. They're yes, good. Yes. I agree with that. And so I have trouble rooting for people that I know. I'm like, I you know. are a dancer. Why are well, you there? The th like I struggle with okay, don't get me wrong. I really Jojo Siwa is very entertaining and yeah. I like watching her. Yeah. But like she literally got famous from a show called Dance Moms. So I'm like mm -hmm. So you were a highly competitive dancer from the age of like two. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, that's not what this show I don't is. Know. I don't get it. So like yeah. Jojo Siwa, like I feel a little like, uh, like I like watching her, but mm -hmm. I don't know that, like if she wins, that's kind of like not fair. I agree. I'm totally And then you. also the one who's so lovely, she's so precious, Amanda, whatever her last name is, mm -hmm. but she was a rockette. I know. Excuse me. I know. And I love watching them, but I'm like, this is not what the yes. show is about. So again, it's like, <laughs> so, love you. You're yeah. sweet. You're adorable. Great dancer. But again, you were a rockette. Yeah. And Iman was a friggin' basketball player. Yeah. Different. Yeah. And I also, I think I really enjoy watching Jimmy Allen. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> I think you gave me a spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Love that was fun. So <laughs> I feel bad now. No, but wait, but listen. He uh-huh. deserves so much credit. This yes. man was competing on Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. while on tour mm-hmm. and his wife birthed a baby mid-season. Yeah. She No, no, no. He doesn't deserve an award. She deserves an award. She's home with two children. She birthed an infant while her husband is traveling around Mm -hmm. on tour and competing on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Yeah, she does for sure. And then she went to the friggin' CMAs three weeks after she birthed the baby and she looked like a goddess. Oh, I didn't see any pictures. I was like, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) What? What? Why? I mean, good for her. That, good for her. That's She's, amazing. I love her and I love him. Well, I think I'm only one episode behind, okay. but I, I realize now what well, happens I, at the I end. I apologize for what just happened <laughs> here okay. on the air. I'll still yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> I hate myself. You're like, I love Jimmy Allen. I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Okay, so this year- Mm-hmm. You have a thousand kids. You have four kids. So this year is the first year of your life that all of your children are in school five mm-hmm. days a week, all day. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So many good feelings toward you for that. <laughs> Thank you. You'll get there too. I know. You've paid your dues. I mean, hello. It's you, been a while. Yeah, yeah. Like you deserve it. Your oldest is how old? Um, Almost 16. So you have an almost 16 year old yeah. and then you have a five year old. Yeah. Yeah. So 16, almost 16, 13, 11, and five. So it's, so it's been a many years, yes. many a year. Yes. So of course, as like most moms, heaven forbid you gave yourself like a hot minute to relax, mm-hmm. you decided to go and get certified as an Enneagram coach and like start up a new business. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I actually, uh, I tried to take a little space after the school year um, started to just let myself relax. And I, I mean, I kind of told my story before, like Dustin and I met when we were teenagers, we got married really young, had children immediately. So I literally have never had time to just be Be. me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I was in the middle of, you know, my certification when school started, but I, I wasn't like pushing myself too hard. I was just kind of like trying to give myself a lot of time to relax and enjoy quiet, enjoy reading and also get my bearings. Like Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. It's a lot, it's a, it's a mind, major mind shift to go from, you know, full-time stay-at-home parent to now, okay, so like these things that have been my priority and my focus for 15 years now can kind of be secondary mm-hmm. and I can focus on using a different part of my brain yeah. and, you know, figure out what I really want to do in this next phase of life and what I enjoy, what I'm passionate about. And, and it's, it's totally a gift. I recognize the gift of being able to take that time and space and, mm-hmm. and think of those things. Cause you know, oftentimes people can't like, you yeah, just yeah. gotta do something or, you know, you don't get the choices. So totally. I recognize that. Um, and I'm really grateful, but it was nice to take maybe a month or two to just kind of chill out. And then, yeah, yeah. Kind of the, business just officially launched, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And so we're very um, excited yeah. to talk about it. So listen, if you've been a listener of So What Else for any time at all, you've heard me reference the Enneagram. Like from, I think episode two, I was like, well, like my number is this. Or like I on the episode with Brianna Campos, I remember saying like, I'm a one. And she was like, I'm a two, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So if you have been listening to the show and you're like, I hear Caitlin reference the Enneagram and like, I don't 
know what it is. Like mm-hmm. I've given like a like a one sentence, like this is kind of what the Enneagram mm-hmm. is. But tell us, Kate, now that you are officially a certified Enneagram coach, that's the term, Yay. right? A yes. coach. Okay. Yes. In basic, basic terms, what is the Enneagram? So the most basic way to say it is it is um a personality typing system. Okay. So it it kind of shows nine different types of personalities that are out there. Everyone is one of these types. Um, you're kind of, uh, you just, this is who you are from the beginning of time. And it's, and it's nine different ways that people take in information, nine different ways people interpret what they take in and nine different ways people present themselves to the world essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a little bit of each type within us, but we all have one main type from which we operate. Okay. So it's just kind of the way we see the world, the way we, yeah, interpret information and different, you know, main struggles each type has as far as like different emotions or different fears Mm -hmm. and different things we're looking for. So you're born with your number? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're predisposed to like who, what your type is. So I feel like if you, I don't know, like are at all on like social media, listening to podcasts, whatever, I feel like in the last few years, Enneagram Mm -hmm. has come up in like, lots of different places. You yeah. know what I mean? Like people are talking about it, like whether it's like in a church environment or mm-hmm. not, or a podcast or whatever. Like I hear about it all the time. Yeah. Businesses talk about it, you know, whatever places of work. So like, is it new? Like why is it popular recently? It's not new at all. It's gotten popular recently. Um, It kind of has a new wave of popularity, but mm-hmm. it's actually pretty ancient. And, um, uh, the information I can find on the origins of it is that, you know, it can date back to the late fourth century Whoa. originating with a Christian monk. And so it has definitely withstood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never really been disputed. Like everyone that really learns about it and uses it kind of affirms that it's accurate. Yeah. So um, there's no like scientific way to prove that it's a thing, right. but there's just like only millions of testimonies of people that have used it. And yeah, like I said, how it stood the test of time. So it's it's primarily been used over the years in spiritual circles mm-hmm. um, with priests, clergies, like just across different denominations. Um, it really is at its root, a spiritual discipline. Um, oh, tell me about that. Yeah. So it originated, of course, in a time where you learned from teachers of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a discussion. And and so you would learn from a teacher or it would be more of like a personal, you know, spiritual leader and a student one-on-one trying to talk about their type and figure things out. It was a very um, personal thing. Like it wasn't something like now it's, it's on a lot of memes. It's, you know, mm-hmm. the fun, you know, Christmas songs for each type or whatever, you know, and that's fine. It's all fine, but it's like, that's not what it is. It's like so much deeper than that Um, because really what it is, it's a tool for developing Mm -hmm. self-awareness and kind of uncovering the parts of our personality that um, are limiting us essentially. Yeah. So from like a Christian perspective, um, which is how I would approach it, who we are at our core under our personality is really like who God made us to be. And each type has like a distinct strength, Mm -hmm. you know, which also tends to be our weakness when we're not aware and, Mm -hmm. and being intentional with it. Um, But I feel like becoming self-aware generally is just so important because it connects us to our creator. It connects us to our purpose in life. Um, And the Enneagram is special in that it doesn't just tell you 
you know, oh, you're a three, you're this, this, and this, or you do this, this, and this. It tells you why do you do it? What yeah. is driving you from your core? Like, what are you really looking for in life? Um, and oftentimes we're looking to fulfill our needs in all the wrong places. And so when we get to the root of what we're looking for, how we're wired and walking around with intentionality and self-awareness, it's really connecting us to God. So it's kind of a long answer, but it really is a very spiritual, um, it's a spiritual discipline. You said that so beautifully because I have heard in some Christian circles, some people are like, this is like, like Christians shouldn't care about the Enneagram because Mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't really know. Like, I guess their criticism is like, you know, just as long as you are, you know, praying and reading Mm -hmm. your Bible and trying to be, you know, like whatever, Mm -hmm. like live a Christian life, whatever, then like, what does it matter? Like, why do we have to make it so self-focused all the time? Like Mm -hmm. learning about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I've never had a good reason. Like I've always been like, no, but it's good. It's good. It really is good. And I haven't felt like I've been able to accurately explain why it is good. And you just said that so beautifully. Here's my issue with that type of thought. It's like, if that's all that mattered, then God would have made us all the same. Yeah. So, and I think of the greatest commandments, right? We know these love God love others as you would yourself. Yeah. So when I think of that, I'm like, okay, I assume God wants us to love him well. He wants us to love others well. Jesus made that clear in his ministry. But that part that says, love your neighbor as yourself, that would then imply we are to love ourselves well. Yeah. And I've come to see it as it's, I mean, not only does knowing ourselves and how we're created connect us to God and honoring him as like our creator, I feel like it's, it's an act of worship to really dig deep and to see like, wow, Lord, like, what have you gifted me with? How yeah. do you want me to use these gifts? If we don't have that direction, we're just kind of floating, totally living our lives on autopilot. And so I think it's actually honoring to God to do inner work mm-hmm. and to learn self-awareness. Um, and for me, my personal experience is the last two years that I've really studied the Enneagram has brought me closer, you know, my walk with the Lord than mm-hmm. I've ever been before. So those are my thoughts. I love on that. That. <laughs> that is so well said. That's amazing. All right. So there's nine main types. Mm-hmm. Obviously we don't have time in this podcast to like do a deep dive into all nine numbers. Sure. Could you give us like like the briefest of explanations of each number, just so that people listening, if they have no idea like yes. what at all we're saying, they just have like a quick idea of like a one is generally like this. A yes. two is kind of like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so maybe I can break it down by talking about the centers of intelligence first. So with the Ooh. Enneagram, everything kind of works in groups of threes. Okay. So if you kind of Google an Enneagram symbol, you'll see it's a circle. You have the numbers one through nine, nine being at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it goes around with all the numbers. And usually you'll see at least lines in the center, all crisscrossing, you know, in a way that, you know, does freak some Christians out because it's symbolic. But uh, there's what me. is this a symbol of? <laughs> I know. I get it. But it's it's fine. Yes. It just the numbers kind of work together, interact with each other. And um anyway, and oftentimes you'll see those lines are actually arrows. But um so there are three main centers of intelligence. So there is the gut triad. Mm-hmm. Those are the numbers eight, nine, and one. You have okay. the heart triad, two, three, and four, and then the head triad, which is five, six, and seven. Okay. So within the triad, 
Those groupings of three numbers will all share the same core emotion. It'll display itself differently within each type, but they share a core emotion. So, um, and then from each of those numbers within the center of intelligence, there are three subtypes. So you could be, if you're type one, and then there's three different subtypes that you could be for a type one, and it can present oh. itself even differently. So it goes, I didn't even know about the kind subtypes. of, there's three different levels to it. But anyway, <gasps> so that's kind of a brief overview of like what the symbol is, kind of how it breaks down, but to go through each type, oh, it'll kind of be like a stereotype. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a one, which you are. I correct. am a one. <laughs> Ones tend to, um, you know, what's driving them is they want to be good. They mm -hmm. want to do the right thing. Um, so that can lead to like very black and white thinking, mm -hmm. um, kind of being able to walk into a space and see like what needs to be fixed or what can be improved upon. Mm -hmm. um, big thing with the number one is that uh, they have what's called the inner critic. So mm -hmm. this separate little maybe voice that's constantly telling them internally, like what's wrong with them, what's wrong with others, what's wrong with the situation, you know, how they need to fix this and this and this and this. And it's just something they kind of always have to contend with. Yeah. Um, do you relate to that? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So that's something unique to a one. Mm -hmm. um, for a two, they're super relational. Um, they're often called the helper or I like the phrase the befriender um, because mm -hmm. they walk into a room and they immediately can feel everyone's feelings around them. And they're very empathic, like they can pick up on what someone needs very mm -hmm. easily um, and they kind of can quickly discern like how to meet that need. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll just, I'm trying to keep it brief for each number. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hard. Yeah. So they're, what they're, what's driving them is, is a motivation for them is that they, they want to feel wanted. Yeah. So, um, and that manifests itself in them kind of, you know, constantly being, doing things for other people. Yeah. Um, a three often known as the achiever, uh, they, want to be seen as successful mm -hmm. and they also, you know, want to be seen as someone who does things well. Um, and so they're going to be the kind of the go-getters. Okay. Um, a four is, uh, sometimes called the romantic, the individualist. The four is someone that really, uh, feels a little different, wants to be unique, um, and wants to be understood. Fours feel a lot of emotions, mm -hmm a lot of the times. And so a stereotype of a four is like someone who's really dramatic maybe, but okay. you know, this again, stereotype right, this right, can right, manifest right, differently. Right. Totally. Um, a five, um, is someone who's going to be, have a lot of knowledge about something like mm. they, they like to glean information. They like to, um, just kind of always be in the know. Yeah. Uh, so they're, yeah, they're really good at, uh, acquiring information about a lot of things. Um, they kind of like to feel independent. They don't want to be dependent on other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's your five and a six. Um, they are big on community. So they're the loyal, the loyalist. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can really count on the sixes in your life. Um, they're going to be prepared for every possible scenario. They mm -hmm. like to plan for things. Um, and uh, let's see, a seven is the enthusiast and they are kind of driven um, to, to not feel like 
stuck. They mm-hmm. kind of like are constantly on the move thinking of the next exciting adventure. Um, Aren't sevens like the fun one? Yeah. I mean, that the stereotype is that like they're going to be the fun ones. They're kind of like always on the go, the mm-hmm. life of the party, that kind of idea. They have a lot of energy. They can think about a lot of things like at the same time. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and an eight is a challenger. And so they kind of, maybe you can see them as a person that's like going to have the big presence in the room. Mm. So they're going to be, maybe act as a protector for others who maybe can't stand up for themselves. Um, they're big on, um, protecting themselves from feeling betrayed, Mm. um, or taken advantage of. So, um, sometimes they can come across a little aggressive maybe, but okay, they just yeah. have, you know, you see them and think like, wow, they, they aren't afraid of anything. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 And then a nine is the mediator and, um, they're big on keeping the peace yeah. within themselves and with others. And the thing is they really are good at seeing multiple viewpoints. Yeah. Um, they can really understand all the numbers pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes it can be even difficult for someone to type themselves as a nine because yeah. they can see themselves in in everybody. Okay. So yeah. Maddie Carps is a nine. It took you a while to get there though, right? And Scott, my husband is a nine, mm-hmm. but for years we were like, he's a seven. He's a textbook seven. Oh, and then it was like at, in a deeper dive, it was like, no, because correct me if I'm wrong. Enneagram is really focused on like what motivates you, mm-hmm. right? Like that's yes. a big part of it. Yeah. And so like with Scott, I think that we were kind of just like looking at like his like very surface level behaviors, you know, uh-huh. I'm like, yes. oh, like Scott's really social and he's fun and he likes to like do crazy things like go skydiving and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, of course you're a seven. Yeah. And then it was like really digging into like, yeah, but like what's really, really going on like inside mm-hmm. what's like actually motivating mm-hmm. him. And like at his core, he's like a peacemaker, mm-hmm. really does see all sides. He's, it's funny because like, I'm so black and white in my thinking Mm -hmm. and he's so not black and white in his thinking. Like we've had like theological type conversations where I'm like, so at the end of the day, what do you think about blah? Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's not really about, you know, like sometimes I get mad at him because he won't just give like a blatant answer because he's like, I don't, I don't think like that. I don't think like what's getting you into heaven and out of heaven. Like that's not how my brain works. You know what I mean? Like I like, and I'm like very much like, give me the rules Mm -hmm. and I can, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. whatever. So anyway, that's the nine. (laughs) I think I cut you off. No, I think that's, you know, those basic, like quickest way I can describe the nine types, I think off, off the cuff. Okay. So, so, all right. So for someone who's listening to this Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh oh my gosh, I want to know what number I am. Like, I'm not sure. I've heard mixed things on this. I've Uh heard some people say you're not supposed to take a test. Like don't just go online and take a test Mm -hmm. because that's like not doing it a full like service or whatever. Like what you really need to do is like study the nine types and see what connects with you, blah, blah. But I've heard other people be like, no, no, no. Like you can go online and take the test. What do you think? Um, well, it's good to start. It's just good to start with the Enneagram anywhere. So if it's going to be with a test, sure. Start with a test. They're never going to be hundred percent accurate. Okay. So if you take a test, which I did, that's how I got started. You need like, just be willing to go further with it and okay. read up. Um, you know, the purest form of Enneagram work is to yes, just talk with someone about it, read okay. about it, talk about it and figure it out from there. Um, you know, also knowing that the Enneagram is about 
you know, what motivates you, what drives you is why we cannot type other people. Right. <laughs> it's the individual, like you have to decide what your type is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no one else can see into your brain and what's going on. So, um, yes. that's another just like precaution for people is you can, I mean, it's totally fun to try to guess people's types and yes. we all do it. Um, even with my kids who, you know, I would say are too young to take a test, mm -hmm. except for my oldest, he did take one. Um, I, it helps me to just hold a few numbers loosely when mm -hmm. I yeah. <laughs> go to parent them. Um, because it just, you know, I'm like, okay, if he is an eight, this is really hard for him because right. he feels like, you know, this isn't just right now what I'm, the punishment I'm doling out, whatever. It isn't right. just, it isn't right. It isn't fair. So sure. He'll struggle with that. I'll give him a, a little space for that frustration, you know, or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Or like, you know, one of my boys, I think I'm like, oh, he might be a one. And so for him, criticism is like really hard to take because yeah. if he already walks around life with that inner critic, like that's enough. I don't need to add too much to that, you know? Yeah. So just trying to be aware of even possibilities for mm -hmm. other people is helpful, but ultimately you can't type anyone else. Yeah. So it's like, it's such a fun, like party game, like yeah. to like <laughs> sit around with your friends yeah. and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm a this, I think you're a this, yeah. I think you're a this. Oh my yeah. God. It's so, so, so fun. But mm -hmm. I have heard that though, that like Technically speaking, like like the hardcore Enneagram, like the monks or whatever that started it, like <laughs> they would say like, that's so rude to try to type somebody. Like that's actually yeah. like offensive to like look yeah. at someone and be like, you're a blah. Cause it's like, how yeah. the heck do you know? Well, yeah. I mean, and that's just not the point of the Enneagram. Yeah. It's for personal growth. It's for personal development, for spiritual development, emotional development. And yeah, yeah. relational to the sense that like the better you are, the more self-aware you are, the better friend or spouse or parent you can be to others. So it is yes. for relationships, but from that aspect. And also just to understand like there are eight other types in the world than you, you know? So mm -hmm. like to just seem to know like, okay, not everyone is going to see things the same way I do. Yeah. Not everyone has the same kind of struggle I do or the same gifts that I do. Yeah. It really opens up, um, to live with more compassion for totally. other people too. So I really do feel like it actually, like, like none of us are so stupid as to think that like everyone thinks exactly the way that I do. Obviously as an adult, you're mm -hmm. like, no, I know everyone thinks differently, but we kind of say that mm -hmm. and like, we, we sort of mean it. Like yeah. we, we, we mean it, but we don't know what we're saying. And I feel like for me, when I learned about the Enneagram and I, I, I don't even know that much, but even mm -hmm. just the basic study that I did, I felt like immediately gave me more grace for people because mm -hmm. I was like, you're right. Like, it's not just like, oh yeah, everyone thinks different. No, like there's nine different types of people out there that like genuinely can all be in the same exact situation mm -hmm. and see it and feel it so, so yeah. differently. Yeah. And like, we have to like have grace for each other and, and be happy. First of all, that people bring different things to the table, but yeah. also understand. Cause like for me as a one, that really is hard that I, I don't want to say I struggle with like empathy, but like there are times where let's say there's like a conflict or something like that, like whether mm -hmm. it had been at work or, or wherever. And I'm like, I 
genuinely have no idea how so-and-so could have left that situation thinking that that was the right way to handle it. Like that was so ridiculous. Like obviously anyone with a brain, like I've literally said things like this to Mm -hmm. Scott, like Scott, normal people would look at this situation and say, blah, you know what I mean? And he's like, Caitlin, I don't know how to gently explain to you that like, that's not actually a true statement. Like not everybody thinks like you think, you know what I mean? And it's like, it is eye opening when you really learn about the Enneagram and you're like, oh my gosh, like they're really, everyone really is motivated differently and feels things differently and all of it. It's so true. I mean, and even just learning about it for yourself, when you start to finally be able to separate out like, okay, what is me? What is my personality telling me? And seeing that it's, it's kind of like a separate thing, you know, our personality is a mask in a lot of ways. So like when you start to see like, oh, wait, I actually think this, it puts language to things. Well, for me, so that heart triad, we're kind of led by our feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I take in everything through my feelings first. Okay. Um, So for me, it helped me put language to what I was feeling. Like, why am I feeling this way? Well, it's because of da-da-da. And then the next step is to be like, wait, you don't feel the same way? Like, you don't experience the same thought process that I do? Yeah. It it is eye-opening because there's things we walk around just totally unaware of within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. All right. So wait, what number are you? I'm a four. So you're a four. Okay. So you're in the heart triad. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, wait, really quick. I'm a one. I'm in the gut triad. What does that mean exactly? So you eight, nine, and one, you guys, you take in information through your gut first. So you're going to be a little, maybe more like action-based. Okay. Um, before you, you know, so then the five, six, and sevens are in the head triad. They take in things, you know, through- a mental space first, like through information, through yeah. their head, through logic. Yeah. Um, not that you guys don't, you know, we all have, you know, logic or, you know, we use actions, but it's just how you take in information first. Mm-hmm. So um, eight, nines and ones, your core emotion that you guys all struggle with is anger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, it's not like that's the only emotion you struggle with, but that's like your main, yeah. your main struggle. So for eights are going to kind of overdo anger. You will probably never have to wonder how an eight is feeling, you oh, know, yeah, when they're yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be out there. Okay. Um, a nine is going to underplay their anger yes. because nines. Uh, Looking at you, Matt. <laughs> tend to be asleep to what is going on inside of them. Oh. So they are very outward focused. They're very, you know, focused on other people, keeping the peace. And so any type of anger they feel like it probably will tend to come out in like bursts here and there, like okay, very yeah. suddenly, very like maybe intensely for a moment. Yeah. And they're just going to try to do away with it again as quick as possible. Okay. And for ones, yours is repressed. So <sighs> because you are driven by being good, mm-hmm. well, we don't think of anger as good usually. Yeah. So when you feel that, you're naturally doing everything in your body to like kind of, you know, keep it down. Yeah. But it's going to seep out through maybe like criticism or, yeah. you know, judgments or like, it'll come out Sarcasm. different ways. Sarcasm. Me, that's yes. Me. So all three of the types kind of <laughs> display it differently, <laughs> but it's there. Yeah. And double whammy, like as a one, like your, um, you have like a double struggle with anger. Oh, so that's uh, your core weakness is anger as well. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I I do have like 
not insecurity about being a one. Like I do feel like I know that there's a lot of really good things about being mm-hmm. a one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I and I feel confident enough. To, that's fine, whatever. But I have always said, and I've said it on this podcast before, the numbers I'm jealous of, I feel like are two and seven because mm. I feel like two is like, so loving and giving and selfless and helpful and relational. <laughs> and I feel like the seven is like so fun and go with the flow. And I'm, and I'm always like, if I could trade, I would be a mm-hmm. two or a seven. I think I'd be way more of a better time than I am. But what can I, what can I say? God made me this way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, it's like everybody's strength is also going to be their weakness too. And each number yeah. has their own thing to deal with, uh, yeah. a vice and a virtue, um, how some teachers refer to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about the Enneagram is I've heard some people are like, it's kind of a negative concept. Like it focuses so much on the negative things, but it's not really, it's just that we tend to recognize ourselves more in like of course, our struggles. You're right? so right. So yeah. you kind of have to like look there first maybe. Yeah. But then what it does is, is like, it releases you to then focus on your strength yeah. and to, it gives a clear, you know, path to growth from, you know, say, what are your struggles to a healthier place too. So yeah. it's really not like a negative, um, a whole negative system, but you know, I think it's just almost easier to start in the negative space. You're right. Because it is easier. Yeah. Right. Those are just like, it's, I feel like as people, we are aware yeah. of the things that yeah. like really like set us off or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, okay. It being a personality test, is it the type of thing where it's like all ones kind of act similarly? Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like do, mm-hmm. do all the people of the same number act similarly? Like, could you point them out in a room? Like, oh yeah, all the ones mm-hmm. are doing blah and all the two, or is it like, no. no, it looks really different. No, not necessarily. And again, like people can behave in the same way from different motivations. Right. And then, but to answer your question as well, that's where subtypes would come in. So there are three subtypes um, based on the instincts that we all use. Um, instincts being like self-preservation, okay. a social instinct, or a one-to-one instinct. And, you know, that's not Enneagram related. It's just, that's a psychological thing. So, um, but we all kind of, and we, again, we use all three of those, but the one's going to be dominant and one will be maybe secondary and one's repressed. But if you figure out what your dominant um, instinct is combined with the passion of your type, the vice of your type, that creates your subtype. So uh, you could be a self-preservation one a social one or a one-to-one one. And those three all kind of have their own nuances in how they present themselves. And of each of the subtypes for all the numbers, one is called the counter type. So it's going to look totally opposite maybe from what you would expect from that number, if that makes sense. So again, it's like another reason to really get to the core of who you are and what is driving you. That is interesting. Okay. That, okay, that's interesting. All right, so I want to, okay, now for the, okay. Fun, the fun stuff, okay. the fun stuff. <laughs> so I want to know about like numbers interacting with one another. Okay. Okay, so like, are there certain numbers that like genuinely like shouldn't get married? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like if you were like counseling someone and you would be like, oh, you're a this and he's a that, probably not going to work out. Like, is that a thing? Or it's like, no. I mean, I would never say that. I don't Uh, think that can be true because 
again, we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. Like the more aware of them you can be, the better you can work together and be understanding. And I think each combo is going to have its problem areas. And each, yeah. each will have a beautiful thing about it too. You know, and some some combos might be easier together. Okay. I don't, I don't off the top of my head, I don't know which ones those would be necessarily. But again, it's like, even people of the same number, we're still all individuals. We still have like our own families of origin yeah. stories. You know, we all have, you know, our different life experiences. So everyone's going to have different like birth order things. Birth like order. There's a lot exactly. That goes there's yeah, so yeah. many variables. It's funny because, okay, I'm a one and Scott's a nine. Mm -hmm. And then I want to say in the last week, we found like three additional couples that were also ones and nines. And we were like, that's so weird. Yeah. Like, is that like a, is that some kind of like psychological thing where like ones and nines like are drawn to each other because they like <laughs> fill some gap or I something mean, like that? I have no idea. I can say where ones and nines will work well together because uh, you're both kind of coming, approaching the world, like really wanting to improve it. Mm -hmm. Um, a nine really, like I said, they're the mediator. They want to keep the peace. They really understand people well, and they like working with people. Generally a one, you know, you come in and you can see what needs to be done when, mm -hmm. what can be improved on. And it, that's coming from a good place in your heart. You know, like that is your strength. That mm -hmm. is a gift you bring to the world in, because there are things that sometimes need to be done perfectly or as close to perfect as yeah. possible. There are things that do need to be done in a particular way. And not everyone can see it the way a one will. Yeah. Um, so that is the gift you bring, the gift a nine brings. So like you're both are a good team in that, you know, you can really make the world a better place. Oh, that's nice. So, there you that's go. That's cute. I like that. <laughs> so wait, tell me about you and Dustin. So you're a four. I'm a four. And what's Dustin? Dustin is a two. Okay. Which, which is unusual for a man. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, yeah, twos are often just kind of assumed to be more like a woman's type. Um, and often in the Christian LOL. world. Sorry, Dustin. Well, I mean, he knows this, but like <laughs> only because it's like, well, I'll say especially in the Christian world, maybe because heard that. Yes. women were so conditioned to be the helper, yep. you know, like, and do the things for everybody, be like the servant, you know, yes. whatever. Um, I actually heard that sometimes like Christian women will get like falsely typed as a two because yeah. if they take the test or whatever, they're answering it like how they think they should answer it for how no, they were raised in the church. I've and so then it's too. like, everyone's coming out as a two, even though they're not really so a two. That might be one reason why it's like more popular as like a number that a woman will get, but okay. like there are male twos out there. Of course. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin being one you. of them. Yes. And twos, like, you know, you said you wish sometimes you could be a two. I can totally get that because they are lovely People, mm -hmm. I mean, like Dustin is a wonderful person who walks in and he just, I've always been amazed at his ability to um, read emotions of other yeah, people yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and care. He mm -hmm. cares so much. He is so relational. Um, he's just such a good friend. Um, yeah. Even when like Dustin and I first met and I was just so like 
painfully shy. And I was so confused as to why he was interested in me. I was like, I don't understand. But like the first night we got to kind of like hang out, Mm -hmm. I was probably silent for the most part. And he just sits next to me, down next to me. He's like, are you nervous? I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, that's okay. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. And it really like was okay with him. Like he lets people be them and like he will be a good friend and he will know like what you need and he's happy to do things for people um so where, what was your question oh so you and Dustin interacting. So, interacting so how are your two and four like interactions oh boy so the thing about us is we are both in the heart triad okay so in learning the Enneagram it's been beneficial to know that we both take in things through our emotions first yes so the thing with the two though, is that they are so in tune with the people around them that they often have trouble knowing what's going on inside of them, right. what their needs are. Um, they're, they can, it can be like overly focused on others. Yeah. Um, so for him, like say if we're having a disagreement or, you know, honestly, we, we've always said we never like fight a lot. Right. Um, but if it starts to get if there's an issue. If it starts to go in that direction. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can both get, I get very worked up and I as a four am very much, very much inside of my head and what's going on with my emotions. You know, yeah. I kind of have the opposite issue where I can't, I have trouble looking outside of myself. Okay. And he has trouble looking inside of himself. So yeah. um, it can feel, and we both, a four as well, can sense other people's emotions pretty well, probably yeah. not as well as a two. Okay. Um. So we're both very sensing and we're both can be a little sensitive, sensitive yeah. to criticism. And we both pick up on little cues like facial expressions and, you know, so yes. it can feel a little intense in a moment, Yeah, but it's good to know like, well, that's kind of how we're wired. Right. So right. it'll, it'll come down. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he tends to be better about like keeping things in a, in a logical place as well. Um, where I kind of need a hot minute to get my, my brain firing over my emotions. But, um, so, but I think a really beautiful thing about our combination is that because we're both heart center, like he doesn't mind having like deep conversations with me. Like he will sit, he will let me sit in all my emotions, which can be high and low, like a forced gift and, you know, trouble area is that, um, fours are very comfortable with hard emotions and yeah. not everybody is. And so the problem is sometimes we can get stuck there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> be there yeah, a little yeah. too long, but you know, he's very good in being, he's okay with all of that. He's okay with all my emotions. Yeah. He's okay with talking me through them. Like, um, and so it, I think we have like a really rich, um, emotional relationship and connection. That's so nice. Yeah. I think twos are lovely. They really are. So that's amazing. I love that. So how do you like, okay, because I do think that there are ways that people could use the Enneagram badly, which is mm-hmm. not how it's meant to be used. But like, A, I could see people using it as an excuse to like act poorly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so like for me being like, listen, I can't help it. I'm a one. So I'm a very black and white thinker. So you're just going to have to get on board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so how can we like, use our knowledge of the Enneagram to make us better mm-hmm. and not to just be like, well, sorry, like I'm an eight, so I'm really dominant. So everyone's going to have to fall in line. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 
Well, again, like the goal of the Enneagram is, you know, for spiritual development, really. And even teachers that wouldn't say they are Christian all talk about the spiritual aspect of it and say there is like, you know, a connection to the divine that has to take place in order for true transformation to happen. The Enneagram is about developing self-awareness and transformation. I love that. So, so it's it the is, transformation piece yes, that's so huge. It is not about just sitting in, well, this is my type. This Here is who I, I am. am. Not Take at all. Take me or leave yeah, me. Yeah, no. So your vice, you know, would be, you know, kind of anger and you really want things to um, be a certain way. You know, you're, you search after the ideal for like, things should be this way. People mm-hmm. should be this way. And, you know, that has the gift of it that we talked about. But like, right. ultimately your virtue you should seek after is serenity. So yeah. for you, you you're gonna you know I'm gonna have to work towards being okay in the imperfect. Yeah, you know, and being okay when people see things differently, a little more gray in the black and white thinking, and which is where Scott can be great for you. Yeah, you know, he sure. helps you with that. You guys balance each other out. Whereas, yeah. you know, for him, maybe he needs your help with like getting him going on stuff. You know, for kind sure. of bring energy to the relationship um, because nines can be a little passive when it comes to things for themselves. Yes. Um, a perfect example, like last night even. Okay. Yeah. So like Scott, you know, started a construction company a few months ago, what in July. So July, September, whatever, whatever. People don't care yeah. about the amount of months, <laughs> but okay. So like four months ago. So he's, he's like killing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's doing amazing. He's busy, whatever. But yeah. it's like, we keep having conversations about like, it'd be great if you could get jobs like closer to up here. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause you're spending so much time in the drive time. And he keeps like talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And then finally, like last night, literally like 11 o'clock at night, like mm-hmm. pillow talk before bed, he's like mentioning it again. And I was like, I'm just going to put an ad on the Facebook moms group for Hackettstown. And Mm -hmm. he was like, wait, 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 let's talk about the wording. Let's talk about this. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. And I literally just like at 11.02 was like, hi, moms of Hackettstown. My husband has a construction company, da, 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 da. Yeah. Right now he's doing a lot of his work down in like central Jersey. We'd love to, whatever. Yeah. Two minutes. Someone was like, hi, can your husband come for a quote this week? And I was like, here you go. And he was like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I was, so I was like, see, this is where our personalities work great together. Yeah. Like you had this idea uh-huh. of like starting a construction company and you have all of this passion and vision and whatever. Yeah. And I don't have that necessarily, but I have the like go-getter. Like yeah. I can be like, okay, like what mm-hmm. do you need done? I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But he like thinks about it and thinks about it. And yeah. trouble sometimes like pulling the trigger. Yeah. That's like a nine thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like to answer your question though, it's like, it's about the transformation. Every type has their specific kind of virtue to work towards. And, um, and that's where, again, we, that's where we connect with, with God. We kind of know what areas to really be like, okay, God, this is, you know, what you intended for me in a perfect world Mm -hmm. is to be this. And I'm not there, but help me on this journey in this lifetime to get there as much as I can, you know? I love that. So for me, it is, uh. My vice is envy and it's not envy. Like I want what you have, you know, it's more envy about how other people seem to be so at ease in the world. Mm. I kind of always tend to see myself as lacking something that other people have that I don't get. So always feeling a little bit like an outsider, Mm. um, which I've grown a lot in this and I don't think I would, I don't, I can't say I'm there right now, but this is, 
newer for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my, you know, the virtue I've had to work for is emotional equanimity, meaning like I can't be a slave to my waves of emotions all day long. I kind of have to learn to be in a space where I can just feel balanced Mm -hmm. and know that, you know, I'm not a slave to my feelings. Like if I'm feeling low or discouraged or envious or whatever it is, like to just be able to walk myself through like, okay, Lord, um, remind me that I belong because Mm -hmm. I belong to you. Remind me that I'm not lacking in anything because you have made me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, And to know that no feeling is final. That's been a big phrase for me this last year. Ooh, I like to know there's an end to this feeling. I just have to, sometimes I just have to ride it out. I know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> I like that. No yeah. feeling is final. I like yeah. that. And that, that's been huge for me particularly. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so each number has a specific kind of thing they can focus on to work towards. Wow. I like that. I'm having like a little breakthrough at this moment just because like, okay. So like you said, like no feeling is final has been huge for you. Mm-hmm. Something that I f- feel like, and I haven't really talked about the Enneagram with my counselor, like my that I go to for therapy, Mm -hmm. but something that comes up in almost every single session is that she always says like, Caitlin, you have to remember that you can hold both things. Like, Mm -hmm. so about a certain situation, I'll be talking about it and I'll be like, you know, I just, it makes me so angry, but then I feel bad because Mm -hmm. I understand that this and, and it feels like a war all the time. And like, she's always like, you can hold both things. Like you Mm -hmm. can be angry about it and you can also have grace and understanding. And I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, I, she probably has to constantly remind me of that because of my oneness. Yeah. I'm so black and white yeah. that I feel at war, like mm-hmm. about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the fact that my counselor has seen that in me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that I, it's like, it comes out of me that I yeah. struggle with that. And that she's like coached me and worked with me on like, you can be in the gray basically. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not every situation has to be like all right or all wrong. Right. You know, like there's positives and negatives to everything and you can hold two conflicting emotions about the same thing and that's okay and kind yeah. of be in the gray. And that's for you. That's trying to reach that serenity. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I love that. So good. <laughs> I love connecting Yay. the dots. Yeah. Love connecting those dots. So like personally for you, and I know you've told us a lot of this already, but mm-hmm. like, how has the Enneagram like changed your life? Like, why are you, cause you know, it's one thing for someone to be like, like me. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, when I first heard about the Enneagram, I was like, this is really interesting. I want to hear about Mm -hmm. this. And I'm like excited by it, whatever. But for you, like you've gone that extra mile to like go through training Mm -hmm. to become an Enneagram coach. Like it's not like a small thing. Like you have like books and binders and it's like, it's a whole (laughs) thing that you went through to get this certification. So like, tell me about like what spurred you on to do that? Like, how did this change your life and why, what can, do you hope to do for others? Yeah. Um, the Enneagram did actually change my life and not to sound very forish and dramatic about it, but it's (laughs) kind of a fact. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I've always have felt very like introspective and wanting to understand myself. Um, but two years ago, I, my birthday is in the beginning of December. Mm -hmm. So two years ago, 2019, I turned 35 and I just, I felt like in this weird place in life, like my kids were kind of getting older. The boys were, you know, getting Mm -hmm. older. They weren't as needy of me. Um, and Kenzie was young. She was three, but you know, we'd been through a whole thing with fostering her and her adoption was finally finalized. And that whole like 
journey was over. And I, I think I kind of realized that for, you know, since I had been 20 and became a mom and up until 35, the kids had been a big distraction for me as far as like who I am, what's going on with me, because I've always been comfortable with kids. And, um, whereas, you know, in a lot of situations in life, I have not been comfortable. (laughs) So I think, you know, I love being a stay at home mom. I loved giving my time to the kids, but I started to realize like, oh, now that they don't need me so much anymore and things are settled with Ken's, I feel a little lost. Um, and I guess I saw like, you know, oh, 40 is not that far away. And that feels like a big milestone. And like, what am I doing in the next phase of life? And, um, yeah, all, all that preface, you know, it's a backstory, but right. it kind of, I just felt like I needed, I needed something for direction. And I, as I was trying to think like, okay, what is my life going to look like as the kids get into high school? And then, you know, eventually you don't need me. Like I started to notice how negative my inner dialogue was mm. about myself. Yeah. And then as I thought about my whole life, like leading up to this, I'm like, my inner dialogue's always been terrible. Mm. Like I can remember, you know, just always kind of feeling like I can't do this. I can't do that. Like how do, like I talked about the envy thing a little earlier, although I didn't have language for it. That's how I'd lived my whole life. Like kind of looking at other people going like, how are they so just like comfortable and like can just talk and not overthink everything and not worry about sounding stupid or not. Like I had so many fears and worries and like, I guess my own inner critic in a way going on then. And I was just like, I don't want to be like this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't know how to change it, like what to do about it. And so this was kind of going on in my head at the same time as we had friends say like, oh, let's, you know, take an Enneagram test. Okay. So I actually had taken a couple different tests and I came back first as a nine and then I came back as a two and I'd read, you know, brief descriptions on both of those. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I guess I can see it, but neither one of those. It didn't connect. No, connect. I was yeah, like, eh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. So then the third test I took, um, where, you know, two of our friends and Dustin, we were all going to like take a, the same test uh-huh. and then read the road back to you, um, and then do like a book discussion on it. The third test is when it came back as a four. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe this is it. This feels like it might be a little little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we started this book chat. And it ended up being a Zoom thing because soon after my 35th birthday is when COVID, you <laughs> wah, know. Wah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going through like this like personal crisis, right. it feels like. And then we're in lockdown and uh. it's like we're all isolated. And then we start studying the Enneagram. And when I read... Through so, um, the road back to you is by Ian Morgan Cron and Susan mm-hmm. Stabile, and they're two like really well known teachers of the Enneagram right now. Um, but before each chapter about every number, they wrote out a list of um, statements for each number, like what it's like to be a an eight or okay. what it's like to be a blah blah blah. Yeah, and I started reading through um, the list of the fours. I can get emotional, but um, I got to a few where I was like, wait other people feel this way. Like, I'm not really like a weirdo. I don't, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, so one of them was, I've never felt that I belonged, Yeah, which was definitely a theme 
of my life that I just had never had words for, but I, I just didn't, even in my own family, I felt like, oh, my sister's this way. And, you know, she's so outgoing and bright and bubbly. Everyone loves her. My brother too. He had so many friends, so many like talents that he wasn't afraid to use. Like he was in a band. He like did his own little, I don't know. He did so many fun yeah. things that just, he wasn't afraid to put himself out there. And I always felt like just this like quiet little mousy mm. creature that just faded into the background because I just was always like, I don't, I, I just didn't think people would I didn't have anything to offer yeah. people. Um, and another statement was that um, I feel there's something essential lacking in me, which, Ugh. again, I think that that is at the core of me. Yeah. So because I feel like there's something missing in me, I can't quite belong anywhere. Yeah. And then the third one that really got to me was like, I fear abandonment. Ugh. So when I read those statements... And I was like, oh, wait, this is like part of a personality type. This isn't maybe, this isn't really me. Yeah, yeah. So it like gave me this little hope like, oh, okay, this is what's going on inside of me. And maybe there's a way to not feel this way anymore. Yeah. Um, especially as I was learning that the Enneagram, like part of it is giving you direction for transformation. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to feel like this anymore. Yeah. So you know, it was, it was a really beautiful thing in that I wasn't learning this by myself. Dustin was learning about his number. We had our two friends, we were all discussing it. So it was like, it really is important to like go through it with somebody yeah, <laughs> to be able yeah. to, you know, speak out what you're thinking, totally. and get feedback. And, um, but that it started me on like the process of, you know, you know, your number, you read about it, you kind of learn what's going on. And then it's kind of like, well, then what? So the first step was kind of then to start to notice and separate out the thoughts, the the limiting beliefs and like thought patterns of my personality versus like what's actually true. Yeah. Um, so I had to start when I started hearing that negative inner dialogue, I had to start practicing, you know, a pause mm-hmm. and be like, what's really going on here? Where's this thought coming from? Is it actually true? Yeah. Or what am I, you know, what am I trying to protect here? What am I really afraid of? You know, it's so a lot of the Enneagram is just learning like how to be curious about what's going on inside of you, like really examining it. Um, And I had a significant moment about six months into studying the Enneagram where, um, you know, Dustin and I, it's like, we're both learning about ourselves Mm -hmm. in this deep way. We're navigating a pandemic mm-hmm. with the kids. Like we're still having to parent. We're still having to school do, at home. Yeah, and all it was that. like so much. So um, there was a point where we were kind of just like each working on our own thing, and then we're trying to figure out how this works in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I I was on a walk, and I was feeling so discouraged because I'm like, okay, I'm seeing now that this is why I feel like I constantly needed a lot of affirmation Mm -hmm. from people in my life, particularly from Dustin, who's been in my life since I was 15, you know? So it, it, we kind of always reached this, we would often come across the same issue where it was like, he'd be trying to tell me like, Kate, we're on the same team. I Mm. see you. You're like the best person I know. Like, I don't understand why you're struggling. Like you can do so much more than you think you can. And like over and over and over again, he was like this voice for me, but it's like, I realized taking this walk, I was like, I, I seem to need it because I feel like there's something missing. I don't know how to get past this hump of there's something missing in me. And I heard, you know, the Lord say to me, like, Kate, your core fear is between you and me. 
It's Mm. not between you and Dustin. It's not between you and your friends. It's not between you and your family. It's between you and me. And it was this first time where I could separate out, you know, what I was putting, I was putting a responsibility on other people that was never meant to be theirs. Um, I, I needed to make it between me and the Lord. And I had to allow him to help me find that inner peace of, I belong mm-hmm. because you said I belong, you know, and like, yeah. And so that was a huge moment for me personally, obviously. And then for between me and Dustin, it changed things in that, like, it took this pressure off him to like have to be this yeah. unending well of affirmation for right, me because it's right. like he was giving it day after day, year after year. But it, I realized like it was never going to be enough for me. Yeah. You know, he was never, he wasn't made to fulfill that need in me the way God was. So, yeah. That was a huge turning point for us. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so it was like learning to recognize the thoughts and take them to prayer and be like, what's true? What's not, Lord? Like, help me to discern. And um, and then eventually kind of combating them with what was actually true. Yeah. So it's amazing to me now, even like two years in, where I think about all the thoughts and feelings I used to struggle with mm-hmm. and how it's already so different. Wow. Like I don't feel stuck. And I feel like even when I do kind of slide back into old yeah. thought patterns or cause we all do and we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. It's like, I can so much more quickly come back to truth Yeah, and come back to like that more secure place. Yeah. Um, and it has, I just feel so much more freedom. I was limiting myself in so many ways with mm-hmm. like the negative diet self you know, inner dialogue yeah. and just believing things about myself that were not true. It's just kind of how yeah. I was wired, you know, in an imperfect world, it's my imperfect wiring. And the Enneagram is kind of what helped me untangle all of it. Yeah. That, oh, that gave, my eyes were all hot when you were <laughs> saying that about like, you were reading it and you were like, you mean other people feel this way too. Like, I think that that's so powerful. I really, really do. I think that like, that was part of my, you know, reasoning behind wanting to start a podcast in the first Mm -hmm. place is like, I think it's so powerful for people to hear someone else call out something in them. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, they're like, Oh my gosh, that person like had that same experience or that person feels Mm -hmm. the same way as me. Or, you know, it like, I feel like it automatically helps us so much just feel like understood, feel connected, feel like we're not a mistake or a freak or something yeah. wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I think that that's so important. That's why I think people like sharing their stories and things like that is so powerful. I love that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, you know, so becoming a coach is, is so meaningful to me. I am so like emotional today. I'm sorry. I it's, love it. It's so meaningful to me because I just, if I look back on my life, I'm like, man, I think even as a kid, you know, I was as a four personality, I was always thinking about like how important it is for people to know themselves and to know their stories. I too have also thought people's stories are important. Yeah. Um, and then, so I think this is, you know, answering a calling that I've had in me for a long time and it just kind of got lost somewhere along the way. Yeah. And then I just hope to be able to walk with people through, you know, what I went through and yeah. help them reach their own freedom, whatever that looks like for yeah. them, you know, maybe not everyone will have the same struggles I did, but you know, this is why I've studied and learned 
about all the different types so that, you know, we can, we can pinpoint what yeah. it is for you and, um, lay out like a clear path to growth and overcoming that and just being able to be your true self in this world. Wow. I love that. All right. So this perfectly segues us into, so you are officially a certified Enneagram coach. So tell us about that. So you have against the arrow. What mm-hmm. is that? Tell us what, it, how can people find you? Okay. Um, well, my website is against the arrow.com. Beautiful. You can find me on Instagram against the arrow. Um, and the name is, you know, I kind of referenced Reference the symbol earlier when we were talking. Um, there's that circle with the numbers around yep. it and the lines that connect the different numbers. Um, and I like to look at the symbol that has the arrows because um, what it is is uh, each number has an arrow pointing towards its number, and each number has an arrow pointing away from it. And so, kind of the initial growth path we aim for is to kind of take on healthy attributes of the arrow that is coming into us. So we're moving against that arrow to kind of connect us to the traits of the number that'll help balance us, kind of bring us to our virtue. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the numbers are all kind of interconnected in a specific way. Um, And we're all, you know, so we use the numbers we're all connected to the numbers on either side of us, our wings, and then the numbers from which, you know, those arrows point to or from. So that's a really brief explanation, but yeah, (laughs) talk so much already. I don't want to go too far into that, but the arrow basically represents lines of growth. Beautiful. All right. So against the arrow.com. And then that's also your Instagram. So people can follow you on Instagram and you post like really good. Like even last week you posted those great the affirmation. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what it was. And I was like, oh, I love this. And then it came up in conversation with one of my other friends was mm. saying something. And I was like, well, I just read today this affirmation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so like, that's so great. Honestly, yeah. So like a great follow. So everyone go follow her on Instagram. But what if somebody is hearing this and they're like, I, I want to go deeper into this. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? Like, help me. Well, if you go to, well, if you want coaching for me, go to my website. Um, There's a number you can feel free to call me. We can talk about if, you know, Enneagram coaching is right for you, if I'm a good fit as a coach and, um, you know, just kind of go over what we would, you know, go through together, the information. And then, or you can email me, my email's on there as well, uh, kateDoyle at againstthearrow.com. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy to What is Enneagram coaching? So like, what does that entail if you sit down with someone? Yeah. So there's different types of sessions we could have and, you know, we can do it over Zoom, of course. Um, There's a typing session I offer, which would be um, like 90 minutes of we will just go over all nine types. Mm -hmm. It's to help you kind of figure out what your type is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there to give you all the information you need to help ask clarifying questions, just be your sounding board. Um, you know, I kind of will know what I'm listening for, what kind of language of that might sound like the different numbers. Um, but yeah, I'm there to like walk you through it and kind of hopefully point you in the right direction of your number. Yeah. Um, and that's the goal of a typing session. Um, if you know your type or once we find your type in the typing session, you can you know, another session would just be us going deeper into your number, like um, talking about your wings, your lines of growth, um, your defense mechanisms, like 
conflict coping styles. Uh, so how you work with different numbers, um, that kind of thing, a deeper dive essentially. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there is like a bundle offer where if you, if you get five sessions all at once, you know, it's, it's a little bit discounted for mm -hmm. you, but you can always just, you know, purchase a session at a time as well. Um, I have a subtype session that I offer. It's Ooh. 30 minutes if you know your type and you want to know your subtype. And, you know, there are even different little nuances as far as like ways to grow yeah. based on your subtype. So we can Ooh. go into that. Wow. Oh, there's so much to this. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. So basically, I mean, and it can be, it can be anything you want it to be. If you just want to talk about a life situation or you yeah, know, yeah, anything yeah. you're going through and we can look at it through the lens of the Enneagram and, right. and, you know, see what help we glean there. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So guys, it'll all be, you know what I'm about to say, linked in, in the, the show notes. <laughs> and I'll also put it on social media and stuff like that. Like when I, you know, post for the episode, I'll tag everything in there. So you'll be able to find Kate. You'll be able to find Against the Arrow. I have like 37 more questions, okay. but like it's, <laughs> we don't have time. So okay. like for real though, like maybe we'll do a, a, second part where we talk okay. about subtypes and things like that. Yeah. I loved this. I love you. I love your heart for the Enneagram. I love just like your story of it changing your life. Like, I think that that's Aww. really beautiful. And I love, I really love your emphasis on like how it leads to transformation because I think that it's so easy for sometimes people to be like, ah, a personality yeah. test. Like yeah. who cares? No, you should care. Like it matters because it helps you be better. And I think that that's like really beautiful. Oh, well, thank you so much for letting me tell my story here. I love it. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. I love you. Oh, ooh, favorite snack. Oh. before Wait, you have you done it twice already? I don't think I did it. On this it. podcast? I don't know if I ever did it. Did I do a favorite snack? I don't remember. Oh. We'll just say it now. Say it now. Oh, man. This might not be the time to ask me. I feel very boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, the There's snack no of choice recently snack. has been Halloween candy. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> the, the pumpkins, the, the Reese's pumpkins it's, do taste different. <laughs> they do, actually. No, um, I think that really has been mostly it. Um, because we have four children. So I've been having a Reese's pumpkin like every afternoon as my like, yeah, pick me up. Yeah. There's been copious amounts of candy in oh. our house. So it's the best. Hey, that's, that's a great that's one. That's it. That's my answer right for now. That's perfect. <laughs> that's a beautiful one. For people who don't like peanut butter and chocolate, I just oh. question you so much. <laughs> I really do, but it's okay. We love you. And whatever Enneagram type you are that doesn't like peanut butter and chocolate, we have grace for that. <laughs> Anyway. So true. Thank you, Kate. Love you. Oh, love you. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions. Mm -hmm.